This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Simon Okelu. Simon is a father, media creator, DJ, musician, producer, logistician, and entrepreneur with roots in Kenya who uses digital media and real life events to promote and celebrate a fresh narrative about the African and African American experience both locally and globally. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, my brother. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? I was born and raised in Kisumu. Kisumu is the third largest city in Kenya, and it's right by Lake Victoria. And uh, it's actually the largest uh, city on Lake Victoria. And Lake Victoria is the second largest freshwater lake in the world. So if you look at Lake Victoria, it goes through three countries, you know, uh, it, it's in U- Tanzania, it's in Uganda, and it's also in Kenya. Uh, you know, growing up there was quite different from Seattle, Washington, where I am, you know, joining you for our conversation right now. You know, I grew up in a, in a neighborhood that was extremely, you know, violent, but we, I also learned a lot from that violent neighborhood that I grew up in. There was minimal resources there compared to here in Seattle or any many other parts of the world. Uh, so it was always, you know, a life of survival for the fittest, you know. And then in 1997, my mother started an orphanage home where we were living with about 60 children in our compound, you know, every day. So I learned how to be a leader, you know, from a young age. But even way before that, when I was eight years old, I used to uh, sell milk and bread, distribute milk and bread in our neighborhood every morning before school. So, you know, I was an entrepreneur from a young age. So I do a lot of things uh, right now. I run One Vibe Africa, which is a non-profit organization. I started in uh, 2008. Uh, I am a podcaster as well. I host the African Father in America podcast. Um, I do social media strategy as my full-time job, actually, for Antioch University. And I also host their podcast, which is called the Seedfield Podcast. Uh, I co-host their podcast. and, you know, I've been producing events for a long time and I do uh, my events to raise money to run an education, music and art program in Kenya as part of the work of One Vibe Africa. Uh, you know, I create a lot of content. Uh, I've, I have produced documentaries and a lot of this really is in response to my upbringing. You know, it's in response to the things that happened to me growing up and uh you know, the fact that I'm here means that I have work to do. And I also have the work of inspiring other people to share their story so that people know that not all Africans are, you know, dying, uh, 
you know, in the oceans on their way to Europe, you know, not all Africans are dying of starvation, you know, uh, that Africa is also a place where amazing people can come from, you know. So that's the message that uh, permeates everything that I do, you know, everything that I do is to change the story of Africa in general, that Africa is really the cradle of mankind and Africans have been offering a lot to the world. You know, if you look at the black American community, culturally, they've been leading a lot of trends in the history of the US, even clubhouse where we met, the community that is allowing it to thrive is the, you know, black community. So this community also, what the media shows us is the same thing that the media shows us about Africans. You know, the media shows us that, you know, we need to donate food to starving Africans, but they don't show us inventions that are being done by Africans. But also really, if you also come to the most recent times, I've been really focusing on uh, fatherhood because I'm a father of three girls. And, uh, you know, it's not easy to be a, a black father in America. And I have a friend of mine who committed suicide last year in February. Uh, and, you know, he was a creative like us. You know, he, he was a filmmaker, an amazing father, a veteran from the US Navy. And one day we just learned that, oh, he was no more. And we learned what had happened and it shocked me. And I began my podcast really to, uh, you know, share my story, inspire other black fathers to also share their story so that we can use our stories as a way of healing our hearts and our wounds and our traumas while also preserving our culture and our stories and really changing the narrative one story at a time. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think that's an important to kind of get an accurate depiction of wherever you're from. And I think uh, you coming to the U.S., I'm a first-generation immigrant, so coming from situations that aren't as, you know, open in terms of, you know, opportunities and with the economy and different other things, coming and being born into communism and, you know, seeing how that works and, you know, people disappearing and, you know, being punished for having uh, ideas that went against kind of the government and the state and not being able to practice religion, so coming here, I think uh, people coming from those situations have like a uh, a chip on their shoulder and an extra kind of grit. So like they they hustle, they do things. Even here when I was younger, I was kind of hustle in school, sell candy, do whatever to kind of just make money and see opportunity. So I think it's important and important to tell the story. And, and fatherhood is, you know, a, a impactful journey in itself in terms of raising and, and molding human beings. And we spoke that, I, you know, I'm a foster parent, so I have the dynamic where I live uh, close to the capital of my state, New Jersey. So a lot of the kids are coming from the inner city. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy to to be like not just a parent, but a mentor to 25 kids, you know, congratulations and, you know, keep up the good work. <laughs> Yeah, it's tough. And you mentioned also your friend that, uh, you know, committed suicide, you know, mental health, especially during, you know, 2021. It's it's one of those things with isolation and things that may have been problems are now like kind of highlighted because people don't have that, you know, connectiveness or interaction with other people. 
I think it's it's really important for awareness. I don't think there's enough mental health awareness, especially in the U.S. Sometimes people have an issue. You see a lot of homeless people that it's not addressed around me. You know, a lot of them have mental health issues. I mean, it's sad to see that there aren't different programs and structures that can you know possibly benefit them. And I think it's really prevalent mental health and suicide in kind of creatives in the startup community, because being an entrepreneur and having a startup, you put all that weight on yourself and it's a lonely journey. And sometimes you get overwhelmed. And unfortunately, some people don't have kind of like the right system or, you know, whatever in their life to kind of combat that. And, you know, they, they take their own lives or turn to substance abuse and things of that nature. So I think that's important to highlight as well. Right, right. We have to. We have to take care of ourselves and we have to know that, you know, once we are born here, we are not just here alone. You know, we are here uh, and we represent many, many other people, you know. Um, you know, when we are born in this world, we are born with love. And the moment we are born, we start loving people. We start with our family, our, our friends. And uh, that, that it's a seed that we plant in other people and they plant in us from the very beginning. I see that with my daughters, you know, every morning, even today when I woke up, I know that when I'm with them, the first few hours of the day, I can't be on clubhouse at the same time. I have to remove my earbuds and really look at them in the eyes and know who they are and ask them how they slept because once these years are gone, you can't repeat that moment again, you know? So I'm being very in intentional, but uh, I didn't get that from my parents. I'm just learning now. I lost my mom in October last year. My father is still around, he's 82. Uh, and I, I don't have a great relationship with him. You know, we are good, but you know, it's not like we call each other every week. You know, it's not like that. We are okay with it. I hope he's okay with it. You know, from when we do things together, he seems okay with it. But I wish it was better, you know. And uh, I don't want my daughters to wish that it was better. I want them to know, you know. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, as an African or black man, and also a man in general, with other men and men in general, including myself and even my father, we tend to want to be so strong because we've been conditioned, we've been wired to, to not even show one another affection, to not appreciate one another when, we, when another man does something commendable or they're dressed nicely or they've done a good podcast interview. You know, we want to, we just want to keep it until we don't have the chance anymore to actually help somebody else grow because the moment we are we learn how to show love and appreciation and vulnerability towards other people we can learn how to do that with ourselves but we can also learn how to do it with ourselves and then do it with other people it just depends with who you are you know i grew up really being a helper but now i'm focusing on myself you know that's why even though I have the nonprofit, I'm focusing on my podcast where I can build my own brand. You know, I have my own website, you know, I'm putting out my own work. You know, I'm working on a, on a photo book right now as well. 
that tells the story of the work I've been doing for the last 15 years with my nonprofit, you know. So what you're saying about mental health is, is important and storytelling and producing content and writing and eating good food, exercising. If you listen to some of my episodes, you'll, you'll learn that I value having a good balance because you only have one life to lead. You know, if you, if you spend a lot of time having to fix problems that you could avoid, then you're losing the opportunity to really enjoy this life, which is short, you know? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And uh, you mentioned kind of stereotypically, usually in terms of culture, men aren't, you know, traditionally looked at as sharing their feelings. Usually that's not, you know, a strong character trait. It's kind of be, you know, the tough person and, you know, be the person to lean on. And it's also kind of cultural. So from Eastern Europe, I guess during kind of the Soviet Union, everybody's kind of stoic. So I don't even know like how many years it took for like my dad to say, I love you, but it wasn't, it was rare and far in between. And it wasn't one of those, like you said, I mean, I personally haven't seen, uh, my dad in 13 years, there was, you know, a history of domestic abuse towards my mom when I was younger and stuff like that. So I made a kind of conscious decision that I didn't, you know, I wasn't going to have him part of my life if he didn't change the way he acted and come to terms with his behavior. I forgave him and, you know, hopefully he's doing good. Sometimes he texts me happy birthday and stuff like that, but that's the 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 most contact I have with them. But, you know, it, it's just what we've been pre pre-programmed by society and, you know, society as a whole and regions of the world that we came from. And I think it's important to kind of break that and I guess be the best versions of ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah, it's not easy. You have to work on it every day, every day, every day, every day. You can't give up. You know, sometimes you can slack for a week or so, but you really have to have activities that you do for yourself. And this is to the listeners who are who are probably our age. I'm 37. So those who are probably in their 20s who are listening to, you know, your amazing podcast, I just want you to, you know, put some self-love and self-practice it you don't have to be doing yoga and meditation but you can just make sure you go for a short run every day if you can or uh you know you go for a walk you know you go somewhere in the in the jungle or in a park enjoy nature you know enjoy nature because we are being conditioned to just enjoy the screens you know if you just enjoy the screens um you know the screens. The screens are not always just good for you. They're, you know, they're good for business. They're good for, for making money. They're good for entertainment. But then, who are you leaving nature for? You, you do you just want the frogs and the monkeys to be the ones enjoying nature? <laughs> and climate change is coming. Uh, we are going to be losing a lot of these places that we love even though there is an effort to conserve the forests, understanding the forests understand, helps you understand yourself. You know, uh, there is a level of humility that literally going for a hike challenges you in a way that if you conquer it, when you come back to your work, you want to conquer it too, you know? So yeah, I just want to share that. 
Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously, those motivations may have changed over time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Uh, what motivates me to succeed is that I am here for a higher purpose and I have not discovered that purpose yet. So I'm in search of why I was born, you know, and every time I put a, a bigger goal that I want to accomplish, I feel that it's an achievable goal because I, I do achieve it, you know. Uh, there are things that um, that I don't aim for or I know that they will come with time, you know. Uh, but I know that my purpose is bigger than myself, you know. And that's why I believe that my part of my purpose is to change the narrative about Africa because I'm a storyteller and I exemplify a new narrative for Africa, you know. So that purpose, purpose is so big, you know, uh, it almost feels unachievable. But because of that, I know that I'll work on it and then mentor a, a generation of people to continue with that journey, you know. So because I know that I'm doing something that I will not be here to, to finish, I have to be very dedicated. I have to be very motivated. I have to be very driven, you know. That's 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 what motivates me. Uh, and also because I receive feedback, you know, I receive feedback. For example, the room that I do every day, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Clubhouse, um, you know, we've been growing it over, over the last almost month and a half. And I put in work in it as if, you know, I'm Elon Musk. I'm building, you know, a car or a or a or a or a jet that is going to space. You know, so, but then I apply that in everything I do, on my podcast, on my parenting. I just want excellence. You know, uh, because because I feel that people are watching and people are learning from every action I take. You know, and then I document things that I do because I know that I want to educate other people. You know, so. So really what motivates me is the, the the depth and the vastness of my mission on this earth. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, a journey and the beauty of kind of reaching a goal is the journey. And a lot of people think a goal or something in terms of giving back is too big that one person can't, you know, do something about it. But kind of having a start and it's getting out of your own head because when you get to a level of discomfort or something new, like the human mind wants to keep safe and in a pattern, you know, everything's going good. Why do you have to mess it up? Kind of, why do you have to do something new? There's uncertainty. But for me personally, when I jumped into it, it's always the position of the most growth and the most impact in that kind of new state of chaos and uncertainty. So, I mean, even with becoming a foster parent at first, I spoke to my wife, I don't know if I can do it. And then we had, two children. We've had up to six children at once. So it's one of those things. If I look back and I asked myself four years ago, can you see yourself being a foster parent? I would say no. And then fostering 25 children in like two and a half years, I would definitely say no and say you're crazy. So you don't know what your true potential is until you get thrown into it. And it becomes easier. You know, you become used to it, you develop a pattern, you pivot, if it's, you know, a business or a startup or a nonprofit, you learn the process, you learn how to maximize things and do things better. And it's I think it's just a journey of growth. Yes, yes. And 
you know, and you, you, with everything, you impact people's lives forever. You know, a lot of people, when when they meet you, or when they do things with you, for example, the kids you're fostering, they probably don't know that your interaction with them is is a is a chapter in the book of their lives that will be there forever. You know, and a lot of them, because they were uprooted from their homes and they had to be supported by your home, their mind and their heart is aching from where they came from so they don't see where they are. A lot of the time they think of where will they go, you know. And many of us are like that. You know, many of us, even if we are not foster kids, you know, you uprooted yourself from Europe, right? and brought yourself to the U.S. And, you know, you're always pushing yourself. Where am I going to go next? Where am I going to go next? In fact, this conversation reminds me of an African proverb we were discussing in my clubhouse room today that goes like this. You know, when the chewing is pleasant, why, why do you hurry to swallow? This is a proverb from Malawi in Southern Africa, when the chewing is pleasant, why hurry to swallow, you know? And, um, you know, I just, of course, I want to commend you for what you're doing with those kids. But I was just also, you know, bringing to attention the fact that kids like that, I can relate to them because I grew up with Kid, like 60 kids per day, or the orphans in my mother's orphanage. And, um, and we are still connected with a lot of them now, you know? And I, I just wanted to say that forever, those kids that you're helping, you will forever be connected with them. You'll be going to their weddings. It's just going to be, it's so important that as we interact with one another, we know that, wow, this is, a, I just put a stamp in this person's life and, um, how does that stamp look like? You know, how will it look like tomorrow? You know, it's important that we think about that. Yep. It's how we interact and engage with others and that engagement, you know, you never know how you impact someone, especially I, I feel like that's what podcasts are great for that. You know, you, you never know who's listening. You never know who you can touch or help through something. So I think it's the power of that and, and really being mindful of interactions because sometimes we don't necessarily have the best interactions with people and just thinking about, you know, really being mindful about like how you can add value and, you know, serve others in terms of how you interact with them as well. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Uh, my weakness is not doing a good job asking when I, when I should be asking for money, when I should be asking to be paid, when I should be asking for help, when I should be asking for a partnership or a sponsorship, you know? Um, the way I've turned it around is that is that I am learning, you know, I can't say that I've fully turned it around. I am learning my value. So I'm learning how much I should ask for, you know, and I'm preparing my story and packaging myself in ways that when I ask for what I want, if you say no, 
then I'll just say, thank you, no problem. I'll go to the next person, you know? Uh, so I want to have that confidence. And I feel like I've had pressure to ask, uh, but I feel that not asking and understanding my value and building the credibility so that I know who I am fully or as much as possible is going to allow me to ask for what I want because I don't even know exactly what I want and I want to know in a way that if I present it to you and you don't get it, no problem. I'll move on to the next person. Yeah, I think it's important to not be afraid of no because that you know you never know if you're not going to ask. So I think it's important. When I worked at a lot of places at first, when I started, you know, out of college, you know, working in in digital marketing, I was kind of okay. I got a raise, that's cool, and I was happy. But it's one of those things. Like, let's say you start a new job, just because they give you an offer doesn't mean you should ask for something more. Worst they can say is uh, is no. And I think that's kind of the beauty and the part of negotiation. So somebody starts and you meet in the middle. So sometimes I've been offered, uh, you know, a contract that was what I wanted or something of that nature in the past, but then I asked for more and they said, yes. So it's one of those things. If you don't say anything, like I think if you get an offer or if you have a client and they have a desired kind of, you know, amount to pay you, like you said, you also have to understand your worth. So, and not being afraid. So when I started asking uh, other people, I started asking for different interviews. I started meeting people in person and, you know, just trying to kind of pick their brain in a moment of their time. You'd be surprised of how many yeses you can get if you only ask. And if you don't ask, you're never going to know where that opportunity or whatever you ask for can lead you in life. So what's one piece of advice you could leave with the audience, personal or professional? Uh, something that I can live with the audience that is both personal and professional is that the most powerful gift that you have for the world is your story. So you should share your story with the world every day. Don't journal it. Put it out on social media. Tell your kids orally about it. If you can't put it out on social media, because the world needs your story not just your kids, not just your family. You never know who is going to read the post. Many people shy away from social media thinking that it's the devil. But I just want to encourage you to tell your story. Use social media as your journal and one day publish a book and you'll have an audience that is already reading that book that will actually buy the actual book when you have it ready. Uh, and with that, I just want to thank you again, my brother, Roman, for this uh, opportunity. We are building a great community together. We are going to do great things together. And I'm just grateful to be here. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, you kind of made a good point about um, that because I see I see a lot of value in that as well. Thank you. Thank you. So I appreciate you coming on today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yes. Uh, if you want to connect with me, the best way is Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is at O-K-E-L-O-J-A-V-A-N. That's at Okelo Javan. Uh, I prefer Twitter, but you can also find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is my full name at Simon Javan Okelo. And I also have a website simonjavanokelo.com. Thank you.
Yeah, and I lost my train of thought. I completely remember what I wanted to say. It's important to share your story. So for me personally, I started sharing on TikTok. I got on at first. I was like, you know, it's just kids dancing and lip syncing. And then I started sharing almost all the content other than my podcast is my experience as a foster dad. So, and you you never know how big a post can get. So I had a post that it took me a minute to record, probably like 30 seconds to edit. A minute and a half of my time, it ended up reaching like 130,000 people. And I had like six, 7,000 likes. I mean, obviously people reach other success on TikTok, you know, millions. But for me personally, that went kind of mini viral. And from that, there was several news organizations that saw that and actually reached out to me directly about, you know, what I'm experiencing as a foster parent during COVID or my experience through, you know, going through miscarriages and then foster dad and really being open about it. So you don't know what you share and who, like you said, like we talked about who it impacts or what opportunities that it arises. And some of these things may take you a minute or two and you can reach the world. I think the view time, a minute video, it's been viewed for like a thousand 200 hours or something crazy, just one minute that takes hardly any time and has been impactful to so many people. So utilizing the power of social media, yes, you can Social media is a time suck sometimes. Some platforms are very artificial. Some accounts are just, you know, a highlight reel of somebody's life. But when you're genuine about it, you're adding value to people, it can really benefit and change the world. And I really appreciate you coming on today and adding uh, value to the show. And thanks again for stopping by. Of course, my brother. I'm, I'm grateful and I'll come back again. I'm super grateful for the opportunity. Thank you. My pleasure. Take care. Okay, my brother. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.